What's up, guys? Mitch from Respect My Region back again with another North American Weed Tour podcast episode, episode 27. It's 37. I am joined today by my co host. We got Jay Ping in the building. We've got special guest Ryan Burke here from Ember Valley, everybody. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. How are you rocking today, my man? Doing well, man. It's Friday. The sun's shining in SoCal. I'm selling weed. So life is man. good. That sounds good, man. SoCal living, it is in the 70s and 80s out here the last week or so. So one of my first questions I always ask people is, where at in the world are you? So SoCal for a lot of people is literally just Southern California. Where are you at? And also, where is Ember Valley based out of? Yeah, so um, our executive offices are actually in uh, the Valley, so in Sherman Oaks. Okay. Um, I live in LA. I've lived in LA for the last 10 years. Um Ember Valley is kind of stretched out throughout the state for that reason. Um, mm -hmm. So we started in Shasta Lake, uh, which obviously, Joey, you have familiarity with. Um, so, yeah, our cultivation is mainly hubbed in Shasta Lake between Redding and Shasta Lake proper. Yeah. And, and, and just for, for, some, for some context, about how far is Redding from you right now? Yeah. And then how far is it from like San Francisco or Sacramento, yeah. these the bigger markets. Yeah. So consider Reading like the last big city in California before you hit Oregon on the five. Uh, it's okay. about two and a half hours north of Sacramento. Um, and it's quite the haul from LA. So I'd say I've done that. Drive seven and a half hours, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it sucks. But it's a brutal seven and a half hours that the five ain't so pretty when you uh, when you're on it for that long. Ooh. The Koalinga, that Koalinga section with the cows on the right. Yeah. And then you got, uh, what is it? That section between Merced and Sac with the Stocktons. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's ag country. That's farming, yeah. right? A lot yeah. of it is just farming and agriculture. Absolutely. Yeah. So for you guys, it was, was that decision to be in Reading, was that something that just came about because y'all were already up there doing the cannabis thing? You all were already up there in 215 in the prior traditional markets or... Did you guys yeah. have this vision like we're going to create this company and then plop ourselves into Reading? No, we were rooted. Or in Shasta Lake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were rooted in Reading. So the the original founder of EV, uh, he goes by Zombie. Um, he was Reading born and raised. So uh, it was real turnkey for him to, you know, continue to plant his flag in that soil. Makes Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of yeah. sense in that way. I mean, I know for me, when I first drove down and started visiting brand or visiting the cannabis cups in 2017, I think that spring summer time frame, we were like, we got to go to Cali. I got to go. And I'm going to drive down yeah. there and see we'll go figure it out. Driving through, you saw a lot of these NorCal brands, you guys, Alien Labs connected back then. I think Nug is out there, right? Uh, I started seeing yeah. the first versions of a lot of these things. Uh, of a lot of the, the, those NorCal brands. And then fast forward, you guys launched, I believe, at Hall of Flowers, correct? Yeah. So we were, you know, we had our, our heels in the 215 days, um, but we didn't hit the, the licensed rec market in California until spring of 2019 at Hall of Flowers officially. Yeah. So, you know, we were kind of like a year and a half late to the, to the party when, you know, everyone charged and you know hit the market hard uh we kind of sat back and wanted to see how it went first and we're really happy that we did that i remember i remember smoking a bunch of those other brands at that first cannabis cup and then i remember going to some of the dispensaries up there and it's just like 
I don't remember if these were the exact jars, and, but the colors have always been around. But I remember seeing some of the different, just like, wow, this is what California cannabis looks like. They're going with vibrant colors. They got everything. A lot of brands already had stuff in jars. You know, we're talking a solid two, three years ago for some of these brands to be in the space. And I remember right away, I come in from out of state and you know, we're connoisseurs, we're smokers. You know, you know our background up there in Washington. We smoke, we seek out the best. And yeah. immediately upon entering the state, the general perspective from most bud tenders was that Ember Valley was, and I quote, one of the best flower brands in the state. From the traditional market days all the way to now, it's been something that I've consistently heard time and time again. Is it one of the best? That's always going to depend on the person, right? You know, everyone's so strain specific on what they like and picky and whatnot. But I've always truly felt that the strains that you guys choose, the cultivars you select, you guys really uh, are able to get the full, I think the word is expression out of the plant. Sure. And uh, physically visiting your guys' cultivation last year, um, it was very apparent why. You guys have so much attention to detail on things that it just it does come out in the plant and so for you guys for you ryan can you talk to me a little bit about your background specifically you know you have a very important role with ember valley You've, you're one of the more uh, the most pivotal people in the in the group you know everyone has their own importance and the brand and plays their own role but being a leader in the company is different than being someone behind the scenes in a lot of ways so can you talk a little bit about what you know your background and what you do today for the company for sure. Well, first off, thanks for the sentiment and the kind words on our brand and what we do. That's that's uh, kind of why we do it. Um, so I appreciate that. But yeah, so I was a part of the original founding team at EV, um, and you know, it it kind of really just has developed over the last few years into the beast that it is now. Uh, we got a long way to go, but um, you know, we're we're feeling good about where we are currently. Um, you know, I think the California market is so dynamic and it's so aggressively competitive to the point where you have to always be like five steps ahead of what you're currently doing. Um, and that can be daunting to a lot of people. But, you know, that's that's the world that we live in right now. Uh, you're dealing with arguably the most sophisticated market in the country being, you know, California consumers. Um, you know, they're very educated. They care about what they're putting into their body more than, you know, a lot of you know, the rest of the country. Um, and that creates a very high threshold that you have to meet on a very consistent basis. And when you do that at scale, it's, um, you know, it offers its fair share of challenges. Um, so I got my original background in uh, cannabis officially um, coming into the space uh, several years ago through Dope Magazine, which I think, Joey, that's where we originally met. Yeah. Uh, so it was Washington-based uh, media company um, you know, I, I helped with their national expansion on that side. I built out a really strong network of awesome people throughout the country. Um, and, you know, from there, I kind of pivoted to doing, you know, heavy brand sales, go to market strategies, all that stuff. Um, so I worked with, you know, some amazing groups that are still around today that are doing very well. Um, one thing led to another. Um, I met a very pivotal person in my life. Uh, his name is Vinny Shastri. He is the current chairman of the board for Ember Valley um, <laughs> at a company called Cineva, which was a publicly traded Canadian company. Um, kind of got, you know, familiarity with that world. Uh, we decided that wasn't really the world for us. We were more interested in being, you know, more operational in the trenches, 
growing great flour and selling it to the state of California. Uh, so we started Ember Valley. Um, and, you know, at the time when we started it, we, you know, kind of came from nothing. And uh, we had one 55,000 square foot facility in Redding, California, that is called EV1. Um, you know, that offered us just around a thousand lights at the time. And that's all it was. We had a thousand lights and basically a logo. Um, the car fire in 2018 roared through Northern California that almost burned down. <laughs> um, still to this day, we haven't taken any outside funding. So, you know, every single dollar counts. Um, so we didn't lose our facility, but we lost the electrical substation that was powering the facility. So we lost our entire crop, which was a major reason why we were delayed to the market in the first place. Uh, like I said earlier, it ended up, ended up being a blessing in disguise, but um, you know that that definitely put some strain on us. So uh, at the time, we didn't even have enough money to you know buy packaging. So the first you know call it eighty doors was open the old school way with you know me running around with a turkey bag, um, and you know from that point we just we we set a standard in our company that we would never lose touch with that culture you know that that thing that put us there in the first place and always kind of having our ear to the ground of what's important what's relevant to you know the plant and making sure that it continues in a positive direction um so yeah i'm the senior vice president of sales and biz dev um you know that sounds like two titles it ends up translating to about 100 just like anyone else in the cannabis industry you know the concept of wearing every single hat in the company is is very important um so you know that uh that covers a large slew of what we do um you know packaging brand design content all of that stuff it somehow feeds that engine um yeah. so yeah it's quite a bit but i've got an amazing team around me um and i'm super fortunate for that and you know continuing to build that team with people that understand that you know, that vision and that culture is, you know, kind of how we're looking to expand in the future. And that and that commitment to providing, you know, quality cannabis remaining true to the, the culture while still scaling a business, because any business is going to want to scale to some extent. You know, the, the, pur the purpose of a business is to make profit, to provide for people's families or, you know, there, there's a various reasons of that. But a business has got to make money and most businesses have to grow to a certain point. So what are some of the obstacles and challenges you guys have faced from, you know, EV1? Obviously you had just challenges getting that online and coming to market, but what are some of the challenges of as demand grows for the product and having more aggressive vision and goals? What, what are some of the obstacles to kind of taking that and growing it a little bit bigger while still remaining true to the culture and having a quality product? Yeah, of course. And, you know, we, we kind of have a saying around the office, like we, we, try to function as a true company and not just a cannabis company. And what we mean by that is like, we want to be in this thing for the long haul. Um, and it's up to us to make sure that we do it. And in an ever changing market, you know, with so many different complexing, you know, elements that drive consumer behavior or, you know, changes in the market, et cetera, you need to really be on your toes and be flexible. Um, and the bigger you get, the harder that is to do, but, if you have the right team around you and you're communicative and you're honest with yourself about where you're at, uh, you have a fighting chance. So, um, you know, I'd say the biggest challenge right now with where we're at as, you know, an industry as a whole is, you know, really understanding that, that complexity in the market with, I mean, 
I'd say there's 10 new brands every single week, right? Right. And, and like capturing the attention of a consumer base in, like I said earlier, the most sophisticated market in the state is challenging. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't consider us a hype brand by any means. I think what we're known for is what you've touched on earlier, which is, you know, very consistent, high quality product every single time. And we try and get as close to that moniker as possible. Now, we're also dealing with like an extremely finicky process of growing indoor flower. Uh, a lot can go wrong throughout the process, so we're never perfect, but we strive to be perfect. And hopefully that translates in, in the, the end product. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of a very competitive uh, market brand wise. Uh, it's a combination of that with I'd say downward compression on pricing. Um, sure. you know, there's a lot of groups out there that are saying, you know, screw it, we're going to undercut the market and get this out at this price. And it creates irregularity um, as it relates to, you know, that whole phenomenon. So how do you continue to build your business in a way that understands that, right? And accounts for it. Um, and really there's no blueprint to any of this uh, as much as people you know, try and build models around other industries or under other businesses. Like it really is unprecedented. So um, it requires like having Kevlar skin and being able to just, you know, live to fight another day. Oh, yeah. So, all right, you can go ahead. Joe. I was gonna say, that's just so powerful because, <laughs> you know, you talk about fires, you talk about the power, you know, these things out there in those areas out there in Norcott is decimating the homes, decimating properties, you know, like ruining people's livelihoods, you know, putting them in so much debt that they don't know how, you know, they don't know what to do next. And yeah, it's, it's sad. And it, and those kinds of challenges, I feel like they're not unique to just California anymore. But right. when you live here and you are in there, so areas, it becomes a real thing. I remember I told you this kind of offline about standing next to my boss buddies and him, him getting the call and showing me the photo. Yo, it's about a thousand yards away. Like oh, yeah. we're, we're one wind turn away from what do you do, you know? Yep. And uh, the power of that and like to, to you know, the uh, the impact of those statements, you know, you know, to everybody watching, you guys got to, we got to, you got to be agile and scale and figure out a way to kind of project for parts of the future that you're seeing this now. The, the, the fires is becoming so consistent. How do you plan for that kind of stuff? You know, have you guys taken some precautions for those kinds of things, uh, maybe on the property, perhaps? Or have you heard of other people up there that have battled those things and kind of some of the things that they may or may not do? Because this seems to be a pretty consistent thing out there of that happening. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's only it's getting exponentially worse year after year. Um, you know, Ember Valley being a completely indoor brand, um, you know, we're, we're not necessarily you know, worried about losing our entire crop to a field fire, for example. But uh, Reading is a rural area, right? Um, and fires is just, it's its a part of life up there. Um, and, you know, thats that's been something that has impacted our community for a very long time. Um, and like I said, it just keeps getting more aggressive. So actually the name Ember Valley comes from that concept. It's kind of mm. like rising from the fires and like, mm using the ember of a fire to like create something big and new. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a, it's, it's crazy up there. Um, you have to account for it to the best of your ability, but outside of that, it's like, if you believe in a God, then it's, 
go with God because you 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 can't fight a you know a thousand acre fire. No, no, that yeah, that is that is God at its prime, man. That's nature, Mother Nature, right there. So, um, you know, taking it back a little step, what are what are some of the product lines that you guys offer at Ember Valley? Because I know you guys, you know, you came out with a specific line and you've broken to a couple different categories and may have some more on the way. But what are kind of the current product lines offered through you guys? Sure. So, you know, for the longest time, we were just doing, you know, jarred flour. Uh, and that was through Ember Valley, which was, you know, the clear red jar that you probably have seen in the dispensaries for the last few years. There it is. Um, earlier this year, we expanded the lines to um, a few different categories. So, you know, Ember Valley proper, which is what, uh, what Joey's hanging up right now is, you know, jarred flour. We do, uh, pre-ground ready to roll flour now as well we do seven gram smalls uh which seems to be you know a, a very well received product uh we do pre-rolls and we do some extract collapse uh with the likes of buddies and the likes of you know a bunch of other fire extractors out there um we rolled out ember valley black this year um that uh that touches on you know very very uh boutique grown cultivar, um, exclusive genetics, just done, you know, a little bit different than the rest of our line. Um, so we do smaller tables, smaller runs. Um, and for that, you know, we, we dedicate it to the black line. Um, in the black line, we also do uh, 2.4 gram infused blunts, um, which, you know, those are very, very awesome as well. Um, and then we also rolled out Remember Valley, which is, you know, our new brand that is basically giving a nod to staple strains and heritage strains. Um, so, so far this year, we've rolled out Blue Dream, Green Crack um, and Headband. And we've got Sour D coming. Um, we've got we've got P91 coming. It's it, it's a really exciting line. So um, where did you guys source some of those cultivars for that one? Did, did you guys go back to the, do we go to the OGs for that, that kind of yeah. stuff, find all those, yeah. or, or what'd you guys run with for these? Yeah. So you've got no choice, but to go to the OGs because they're the ones that, you know, hold those, those strains. And, you know, they've been so overlooked for so many years to the point where it's been very difficult finding someone that, you know, has protected these flavors. Um, and, you know, luckily we have an extensive network in Humboldt, um, so we've been able to get lucky with, I'd say five really, really strong strains, but, um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting concept and it's an interesting topic that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about, which is how are we protecting cultivar yeah. as we continue to change, right? As the market says, you know, we want this and what do you do with the stuff that kind of got us here in the first place, right? Because it's very challenging to keep a plant alive. Um, and you know, the, the necessity for it is key because even though the majority of the market is saying, well, we want this one thing now, we don't care about that other thing. There's still plenty of people out there that are like, all I care about is sour diesel. Like if right. I were to get rid of sour D, like I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I don't know what all of these dessert strains are that you're talking about. Like, give me something that I've been smoking on for 40 years. Um, so remember Valley is like really rooted in the heritage of, of, you know, why we're doing this. I, yeah, I love that. And that's something, you know, talking to a lot of cultivators from brands on this show, 
usually doesn't happen on air, but before and, and after, you know, I always try and pick people's brains. What's next? You know, and, and no one can necessarily predict for a lot of different factors, but I consistently hear from the OGs that they hope that these staple strains come back in force. Yeah. And something that was kind of un uncovered on one of our last episodes was a lot of the people that have been growing the straight blue dreams or straight green cracks have been lower tier brands. So the only offering you have of these strains is low quality. And so it's great to see someone like you guys that have that quality level that's gonna deliver, you know, for a lack of a better term to some consumers, a, a boring strain, but it is like you're saying a legacy strain. And when right. done right, there's a reason it's still popular 20, 30, 40 years down the line. I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and throw it out there. Ember Valley grows the best blue dream in the state of California. I'm putting it out there right now. Let it all be known. If anybody says otherwise, you can see me yeah. on this podcast. You can catch me on TikTok or Instagram anytime. <laughs> I'm not playing no games. Ember Valley's blue dream is the best in the state of California. Got a lot of respect for all the other cultivators. Y'all's Barry Jane, stupid. The blue dream, stupid. The peaches be crazy. Oh my God. I've heard it not just from myself. You know how many bud tenders I go to visit in these shops and it's that peaches be crazy. Whoa. They'd be saying it's crazy. So it's like you guys really, again, I said earlier about the expression, whether it's the, whether it's the latest cut of gelato out there, like all these dessert strains, it's like, y'all are not, you're not, you don't, you're not trying to put those kinds of strains out there, like on the trend every time. Like when the yeah. new drop of RS11 hits or Moonbow or all these big name crazy cuts from all over the place, like that's not y'all. I also have to say that the Riff OG is one of the best OGs in the state. At any given moment, depending on the nug that you get in the jar, it can go head to head with anyone else's and that could and arguably take the cake. So it's like that, the classic strains, uh, the ice cream cakes. I don't know how many jars of ice cream cake I smoked from you guys over the last two years. Yeah. And like, Bruh, most people's ice cream cakes, they're whack. It's just these phenos that they toss out there. And, and they, I think they just call it ice cream cake because of how popular the name is or some shit like yeah. that. And so, yeah, so again, it's just y'all really dial in on these strains at a, at a significantly high level. I want to take a moment here. Look at this. This is one of the examples of the nugs in the jar. This is the Fuji Fritter nut. When it's perfectly shaped, it's looking consistent with what apple fritter looks like across the board if you ever anybody go goes and googles it the nugs look like this and then this jack cake it's so piney and terpene the, the, the this flower easily has a two to three percent terpene profile like it's they're insane the terps on these are in, are just nuts so thanks man. Right. i just had to i just had to come in and just you know i got them y'all <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We work, we work hard on it. So I, I appreciate that. But, you know, to that point, like Ember Valley has gotten to, you know, where we're at right now based off of, I'd say a stable of well, like 25 strains that, you know, we've, we've worked on for, you know, quite a, quite a while. Um, what the future looks like is, uh, is I would consider a lot more exciting. So, we're, we're really, really developing our pheno hunting program um, and, you know, really getting our hands dirty with crossing different strains and like trying to create, you know, the next new wave or at least the wave that, you know, belongs to, you know, us as a, as a company and as an organization. So how we continue to offer the market 
you know, more unique variety. That's that's certainly what we're working on now, because if we stick to what we've been doing for the last several years, then you know, chances are we're going to be forgotten about. And, you know, that's not what we're trying to do. So how can we continue to push ourselves to the limits with, you know, discovering new flavors, discovering new turf profiles, all of that stuff? Um, you know, that's what that's what we're working so hard on in Shasta. So we're going to have a very, very exciting uh, 2022. Um, I want to say that there's at least 16 flavors that are going to drop. So we'll be doing monthly drops on new flavors um, like clockwork. And that's that's kind of what we're excited about. Is that's- that an RMR exclusive? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh oh, 16 flavors coming. Ember Valley 2022. Let's go. Oh, so, man. Hey, so all the shops, you guys better get ready for that drop. Y'all better get ready for that drop, man. So with, um, you know, with, with staying true to what you said, you know, of only having about 25 strains that you guys have offered over the years, which is fairly low, especially for a California brand of your guys' stature, right? Like getting really into genetics and following that the, tra- the hype trains and maybe overdoing it and over testing the market is kind of a common thing from a lot of guys. But you guys have built a really good following and brand around, you know, to, to tribute to what you said at the start, consistency, not as much of following these hype trains what what's kind of gone into the ethos of branding and and packaging to make sure that these things are presented these strains are presented not only just consistently but appealing to a consumer and and what's the thought process behind that because i feel like you guys have done a good job building out an actual brand like you said around consistency and not really many other you know that's one of the main elements i think people go to you guys yeah i appreciate that um you know, it's as 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 you know, exciting and maybe even easy as it sounds. It's not at all. Um, and when we started this thing, you know, we kind of went through the woodwork with paying creative agencies to try and develop a story for us. And you know, a lot of groups go down that path, and you know, more power to them. They're you know successful, and they they hit a certain part of the market that likes that. But you know, what we realized was it was the moment that we kind of like reeled back in and zoomed in and said, you know what, we can do this ourselves. We can create this ourselves. Like this is who we are and no one is better at telling that story than us. Um, So what you get from Ember Valley is kind of what you see and that's on purpose. Um, You know, we, we let the product do the talking um, and you know, the flash and the glitz of the brand um, in my opinion is like on the understated side. Um, you know, we like, we like clean professional and let the product do the talking. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a principle in, in the organization, which is class over clout, um, because we think that class lasts, lasts longer than clout. Um, so, you know, how that translates into packaging and the consumer experience is still a work in progress, honestly. Um, and it will continue to be, but you know, that's, that's kind of how we, we bob and weave through the market. Um, you know. Uh, are people lining up around the block to get an Ember Valley hoodie? No, <laughs> but that's not that's not what we're trying to hit. We're trying to grow really good flour and make sure that you know our consumer base is educated to the point where they know exactly why our flour is very good. Um, so that's what we focus on, and you know we do it with a small team. So as this thing continues to build, um, you know it'll continue to you know grow in in its own directions. But you know we we let we let the consumer base kind of develop the story for us as well um, in saying, you know, this is what I think of Ember Valley. And that's, that's the most exciting and empowering thing about the whole thing is that we're not trying to force feed 
you know, a certain vision or a certain look or uh, concept of what our story is. We like making that up with the people that are in the experience with us. And with, and with that being said, you know, so much of California or, you know, any industry or vertical is whatever the hype thing is, you know, that's what the majority of people follow. So what's, how important has it been to just own your own lane? And, and you, would you attribute that to kind of your guys' success? Yeah. I mean, like I, 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 I would be remiss if I didn't note that, you know, the trailblazers of what we're doing uh, are the guys that are still around um, and giving nod to, you know, cookies, giving nod to jungle boys, giving nod to, you know, guys that were bold, like wonder bread that put, you know, flour in a, in a jar, you know, before most people did. Um, it's important to note that that, you know, road was created by people like that. So, you know, where we found ourselves in that road and, you know, participating in, you know, that, that, uh, that phenomenon is, you know, kind of just been the most natural thing for us, which is again, going back to it, like, what do we do? Let's stick to what we're good at and everything else. Like it can be additive along the way. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. No, but. That's, that's, that's perfect, man. That's perfect. And so, um, you know, the state of California, you know, you, you, you touched on it earlier. You said it's the most sophisticated market. It's a great description. That's something that we talk about, you know, Joey and I talk about a lot, although it's not necessarily the first or longest recreational adult use, whatever you want to call it market, as far as culture, taste, preference, breeding, you know, California has set the tone. There's no doubt about that throughout retail too, it, retail too. And re, yeah, throughout all of history, right? Because just the, the medical market and the, the, the accessibility of cannabis was so heavy for so long. Um, what do you feel about the current state of the California marketplace? I mean, I know it's crowded. I know you touched on it. There's a little bit of a race to the bottom with pricing. But what do you feel like is the current state of, of California cannabis? Um, oh, wow. And Folks, real quick, I want to introduce Barney Lee, uh, who is Ember Valley's director of sales. Yo, what's um, up, Barney? Back my region group. How you guys doing? What Yo, up, man? Welcome to the North American Weed Tour podcast, brother. Appreciate you popping in. Thank you for killing it with Ember Valley, man. Getting I love it, guys. Appreciate all you do. Have a great day. Thanks, Barney. Barney came with some go juice. So, fucking, like I said about team, man. Couldn't do it without team. Um, <laughs> That's fire. Sorry for the uh, sirens in the background, um, but uh, going back to your question, Mitch, yeah, the, the market is like upside down right now. Um, I think, you know, I actually don't know what to say about it. It's it's unprecedented. It's, it's probably scaring a lot of people. Um, you know, we kind of underwrite to crises like what's happening right now as it relates to supply in the in the marketplace um so you know what this does and how it affects the industry or the community in the next three months six months 12 months i think is anyone's guess um there's really no way to prepare for oh uh, like fire depths are going for 500 bucks and people are doing you know cartwheels if they're getting that um what that does to the indoor market what that does to the outdoor market like all of that is really anyone's guess so um yeah i mean it, it's just a matter of are, are you prepared for the worst case scenarios um how are you like getting ahead of it how are you still like 
making an impact on the stores that you're serving and the community that you're serving uh, so that you're not lost in the shuffle, right? So you're dealing with an influx of, like I said, probably 10, 10 new brands a week. Uh, and you're dealing with a huge collapse of downward compression as it relates to pricing in the California market. Um, what that means for the future, I think is anyone's guess. Um, I think that there will naturally be some sort of balancing that ends up happening. I think the market will correct itself to the best of its degree, but where it's at now is, um, you know, probably indicative of where it's going to go. Um, so what that translates to is, do I think that there will be a, you know, a huge market for $90 eighths, in my opinion, no. Um, and, you know, that's like, like I said, my opinion, but uh, we'll see. I think that a more approachable, uh, you know, view for what we do, especially is making sure that we provide fire to the people at a very approachable price. Um, and what that mark, what the market does to that is like what we're in the middle of finding out, but we'll see. I mean, I buy every time I go somewhere and I think that strain, that orange peel, right? Mm -hmm. That orange peel is in a small, that to me is great weed that you can take anywhere. And when you smoke it, people from 20, 30, 40, 50 feet away are like, yeah. damn, what are you smoking right now? Like that smells crazy. Yeah. Because certain those orange terpene profiles that Osamine really be doing the most with that terpeniline, with the limonene, all the different, all the different terms, like four main terps that make up a lot of those citrusy sour strains. And that orange peel, bro, one of the best buys on the market in any given moment. I just wanted to show love to that one. I think it's seven gram smalls bag, bright red bag, fits, yeah. fits and folds perfectly everywhere you need it. You look dope when you carry it. Yeah. Safe. Yeah. We got an orange peel drop coming this month, actually. I think it's getting jarred up right now. There we um, go. But if you like orange peels, uh, our December drop of Dole Whip is like going to be insane. Uh, honestly, I think Dole Whip is like it. It might even have a better turf profile than orange peels, which I never oh, wow. thought I'd say about any strain. But it's it's fire. It's amazing. The, the citrus ones aren't for everybody, but when right. you when they're citrus, gas, you know, a little bit of all the right things, it just really makes a big difference. And those smalls, they're also covered in just an immense amount of trichomes. Yeah. And so just a really great buy, attractive buds for smalls, great price point. I think I typically see them for like 75 to, you know, some stores in West Hollywood, they, you know, they marked it up to a hundred, hundred, hundred bucks or so for, for the quarter. Yeah. Um, and you know, stores will do that. It's, it's, um, that's kind of the, the balancing act of like, you know, everything that you have to take into account because at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the retailer will control the markup. Um, and they'll do that off of several factors. They'll do that off of, oh, I want to undercut the guy down the street or, oh, I want to like make sure that, you know, I'm making as much money as possible and I'm, you know, three Xing this product and what the consumers don't know. And, you know, it's totally fair that they don't is just that. Right. And instead it, it's kind of translated onto the brand. Um, but it's important to know that like of, you know, however many, a thousand retailers throughout the state of California, each one has their own initiatives and, you know, anything that they're trying to pull off is, uh, is done behind the scenes. So, you know, going back to like how the market regulates itself, like, are we going to be dealing with that in five years? Hopefully not. Hopefully there's, there's more of like a consistent keystone pricing across, across the state. So no matter where you go, you can find Ember Valley for, 
you know, anywhere from a $5 differential from one place to the other. Um, right now it's kind of all over the place. And, you know, California is a, for lack of better terms, is a shit show for that reason. Uh, yeah. But, you know, as we continue to develop and as we continue to like really sink our heels into this market, like I, I'm, I'm proud to say that like the community is growing up quick. Absolutely. I would, Absolutely. Agree, I would agree for sure as well, to be honest. Out here out here in LA, you see so much growth from where there's just the events all the damn time, you know, from Santa Rosa one, two, three to where we're at now. It's very cool to see a lot of the growth of the brands, at least at that big, more what people describe as that Hall of Flowers corporate space, right? And uh, yeah. then to go to a lot of the community things and you, you start going to the dispensaries in bulk and there's a lot of really good events going on out there now. Concerts are more friendly to the cannabis brands being a part of it. Not yeah. like beach beach stuff is happening all over the place. Not just the homies. I see beach stuff happening everywhere. There's beaches now with people mm -hmm. getting involved. Even the city stuff is including cannabis brands and things around. So super dope to see kind of where Cali's headed. But until the regular the regulations and the tax situations do shift in a more positive uh, direction, the you use the word compression, which I love in terms of the, the price uh, situation going on. <laughs> California, it's tough. The traditional market is across the world has changed now that legalization is ha is happening, and so much weed is just accessible all over the country. Right. And why, you know, why would we get California NorCal when you can get Oklahoma Overflow? You know, like <laughs> Michigan Overflow stuff that's not, right. you know, just it's there. Yeah, and it's and so what's grown to be grown? Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. For all sure. those over licensed you know the organs the oklahomas with unlimited licensing and things like that like there's a lot more weed than there ever will need to be it's going somewhere yeah and, and that's helping to create this now there's this oversupply in cali it's it's crazy man luckily you guys again going back to what we've said numerous times is you guys have established a brand and stay consistent at the prices you're at and so yeah. you know while other brands i'm sure are able to continue i keep hearing this phrase they just drop their pants is what the phrase is yeah uh, like I, I'm, I'm proud to say that all these buyers and everyone across Cali, y'all need to show it, you know, continue to, to, to be consistent with Ember Valley and continue to grow them because the cannabis is just continuing to get better and better. I think, I think the, the new brands you guys are launching, uh, the Remember Valley and the Ember Valley Black, both of those are perfectly on point with the usual quality you guys are, are delivering. And obviously now all of that's heading in, a, uh, in, in, you know, the ceiling continues to get higher and higher with with the quality i think it, it, with with what you guys are doing especially with the breeding program come on i don't is that another rmr exclusive people don't even know ember valley has a breeding program <laughs> yeah no that, yeah that's see that's point. what i thought too i, I couldn't I help one one hear that uh we're we're taking our it's it's been a project in the works for the last three years but we're taking it live next month um we've got a forty-two thousand square foot manufacturing facility um that we're solely uh, focusing on solventless so uh wow. that's why huge huge thing for 2022 so all the hash heads out there um yeah we're coming with the fire <laughs> guys this joint is so resinous it is insane i have the jack cake and the fuji fritter in here ryan right now i'm i'm literally i'm gonna be so energized i'm gonna get all the sales in the world today it's gonna be great it's gonna be a great friday I don't want any of that, Jack. I, I hate I hate that terpene profile. That's me. I know everybody loves it. Every time we're on the RMR trip, everybody's going crazy over all the jacks. I'm like, keep it away from me. So I got to ask you, what what are some of your standout strains from the brand? It's yeah. fair to say all of them too, but yeah, no, I, it's like 
choosing your kid, your favorite kid, right? Like it's, it's tough to do, but to, to Joey's point earlier, like that, that orange peels has always been like my favorite by far. It's like you pop that out and like people that don't even like weed or smoke weed, they're like, what is that? Right. Just because it's so unique. Um, I'd say that the peaches be crazy that you noted earlier. That's super fire. The rosé runs that we grow is super fire. Um, but what I'm most excited about is those phenos that we're going to be dropping. So, uh, you know, just to tease a few, um, I already noted the dull whip. That's amazing. We did an apple fritter runs cross. That's like, in my opinion, exactly what the world about apple fritter needed, because in my opinion, like apple fritter kind of became the 2021 wedding cake. Um, so crossing it with something that's just like pure heat was like the best thing for that Fino. Um, and, uh, we've got a, a few more runs crosses that we're, we're excited about. Um, and you know, our specific cut of rainbow belts is going to be just like mind blowing. So yeah, we've got some really, really interesting stuff in the pipeline. Um, and we're just excited to bring it to the people. Man, thank you for sharing that that the you know the that's just so oh my god i can't even speak number one the weed's fucking me up number two dole whip rainbow belts did you say apple fritter runts yeah oh my god i think i gave you some at hall flowers if i didn't i'll i'll make sure that i, I got i got lace i don't there was a lot going on at hall of flowers but what i ended up with is this jack cake and this fuji fritter oh yes yeah, so and i had never Honestly, I hadn't, I'm not going to name no names and no brands, but I hadn't smoked an apple fritter that I'd liked in California yet. So I think that should say enough. Okay. And so That's this fair. one, this, this one was, this one was very good. Uh, no hay smell, <laughs> very consistent with the other apple fritters I would smoke. And then uh, obviously the Jack cake, like, bro, my heart's racing over here. I could, I, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> so when you put when you when you combine i mean obviously there's no thc on these ones because there are actually no there is 20 the jack cakes at 25.44 30.69 total cannabinoids so my heart's racing because the full the 30 percent cannabinoid profile yeah the terps sure. on it the whole nine on that what an what a powerful sativa and again being able to get the full expression maintaining the consistency the price points are on point for, for where the quality's at. You've got a, an elevated brand with an elevated price. You've got smalls, pre-rolls, you've got yeah. extracts, uh, partnerships. Um, thank you again, shout out to the Buddies collaboration. And I know you guys have a couple okay. other extract partners that are also high quality. Uh, could we also name some of those ones as well, just so that people can, can go find some of those items? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we recently did a collab with Moxie. Uh, we've got major respect for the Moxie guys. Uh, last year we did a collab with G Pen. Um, same thing. Those guys kind of like paved nice. the way for, you know, that whole world of of the industry. Um, we've got a few that I can't name that are coming out. Um, so when we get a little bit closer, I'll I'll be sure to to shout that out to you guys first and foremost. I'll give you the first drop. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like continuing to collaborate with people that you know push the the plant forward the same way that we're trying to do that's that's what it's all about hell yeah, hell yeah. well brian I, I very much appreciate you you know spending time with us here today um you know ember valley you guys are in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stores and so and, and delivering quality across the board um to anybody that's watching this right now i believe this is still episode 37 uh highly recommend that you guys go follow ember valley i believe on weed maps 
And then, of course, visit their website. Follow them on Instagram. It's Ember Valley. Is it Ember underscore Valley, right, is the official yeah, one? Ember underscore Valley is our IG. Yep. Yep. So Ember at, uh, at Ember underscore Valley for the official Instagram. Go follow as many. Uh, you know, go tap in, check in, like, you know, the whole nine yards on their social media because you got to tap in with their drops. Um, they got a lot of events going on. They're participating uh, Hall of Flowers, uh, participating at the MJ Biz Hall of Flowers, and there's all kinds of other good stuff going on in terms of their retail partners, PADs, vendor days, all that stuff. So you guys can tune in there. Ryan, again, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Is there anything else that you would like to get out to the Ember Valley squad, to the familia across California? No, I, I appreciate all the support that we've had up until now, um, and we'll continue to do what we do. So thank you for having us um you know thank you for having this podcast i think it's you know exactly like the the direction that you know we need to go as a community so i appreciate you guys elevating the conversation and bringing that hell yeah hell yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to trying some of these new flavors man so uh you know we'll be tapping in with some of that when, when as soon as it's ready cool hell yeah all right guys well, man. thank, thank you, Ryan. you for the time yeah enjoy the weekend gang all right, everybody. Thank you again so much. Ryan Burke from Ember Valley. This is episode 37 of the North American Weed Tour podcast. Everybody, please do like, follow, subscribe, save the episode, tweet it to your family, send it to somebody who's a fan of Ember Valley, send it to somebody who needs to discover some fire weed. And we will again see you on the next episode.